Hi, and welcome back to the show. Today, I am guesting on another podcast. The podcast is called Business Bros, and they have a YouTube channel as well, so check them out on YouTube. Uh, They are two brothers, and one of the brothers is into insurance, and the other brother is into real estate. They talk everything small business. And so I went on the show, of course, again, to talk about outsourcing, offshore staffing, global employment, remote work, and how the future of work is changing for small and medium-sized businesses. So again, I'm out there preaching the good word of outsourcing for the industry. Uh, I thought I would share it here and would love your feedback. Hope you get some value out of it. And uh, as always, enjoy. If you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from offshore business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you are already outsourcing, about to start or somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your offshore operations. The Outsource Accelerator Marketplace now covers over 3,000 outsourcing firms, representing a global workforce of over 5 million people. We also host this leading outsourcing podcast, publish inside outsourcing, and have over 15,000 pages of content on the site. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Also, if you find this podcast interesting or valuable, please share it. We have now produced hundreds of episodes featuring the outsourcing world's most prominent luminaries. Please show your support by sharing this podcast today. gents we are ready to rock and roll we got another good one if you're interested in scaling your business and this episode is for you so let's drop it here we go shut up and sit down look a business can give you everything you want in life prestige wealth freedom it can also take everything away from you this show is for those who are willing to take that risk these are the real life stories of entrepreneurs but before we start i have one small favor to ask please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you and welcome to another episode of Business Bros. There it is, ladies and gents. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. Look, here's here's the fire that we're going to drop for today. Here's who's going to be on the show. You know, building a business is tough, but scaling a business is nearly impossible if you do everything yourself. You need people, and I get it. Hiring people is expensive, especially here at home. 
but there are a ton of skilled people around the world. And today's guest is harnessing the power of the skilled worker and connecting them with the entrepreneurs who can use their expertise. So let's find out more about outsourcing and let's welcome to the show from OutsourceAccelerator.com, Derek Gallimore. All right, Derek, welcome to the program, wow. my friend. And thank you so much. I'm absolutely pumped. It's seven in the morning here for me, but after that, I'm I'm super pumped. I'm just like a an average cup of Joe, right? There you go. Espresso on the on the rise. Here you go. Let's hop on the business bros and let's get this thing going. For sure. For sure. All right, Derek. I got a question for you, man. Um I, when I got into a VA situation, right? I yeah. don't want to say situation. Celine, love you. She does amazing work for me. But getting into finding a VA and kind of deciding whether I wanted to use one or hire somebody, it was because I got to a point where I was doing too much of everything. So when explain to me in your business, how did you get into this position where you were like, huh, maybe I should use VA. Huh, maybe I should turn this into, into an actual business. What was that journey like for you? Yeah, I mean, how I got into offshore staffing is that I have always been entrepreneurial. And one of my prior businesses was a service department or corporate housing business in London. And as I was building that business, I really quickly realized that with the 24-7 customer service and sales that you needed with hotels and hospitality, I needed a 24-7 customer support function and booking function ASAP. And there is just no way that you could afford or build a 24-7 customer service function in London. And certainly most you know, countries, it is prohibitively expensive and no one wants to do those hours. So someone, a business colleague of mine, recommended that I explore the Philippines and offshore staffing. Uh, within about two months, I had my first staff member. And then within about uh, six months, I had 11 staff in the Philippines. And then after about three years of running the operations from the Philippines, I moved to the Philippines. And despite still having the main business in central London, and we bootstrapped that business to 20 million in revenues, um, the, the head office actually became Manila, Philippines. We then ran the entire company from Manila, Philippines, despite being effectively a London hotel hospitality company. So we ended up, you know, we started with uh, with customer service and sales, but then we ended up doing um, corporate sales. We did um, website and digital. We did all of our HR and accounting, everything from Manila in the Philippines. And even from Manila, uh, we had people managing the laundry. We had people managing the maintenance. Uh, any sort of entry and access issues were all managed by people in the Philippines. So it's incredible what you can manage remotely from a different country. And of course, the savings were incredible, generally saving about 70% all in. That's good. One less thing. Thanks, Forrest. You're exactly right. I mean... Look, I'm I'm shocked at what you're able to afford. I'm in the U.S., right? And hiring somebody to do that 24-hour job, it's just, it's going to be tough, right? That night shift, nobody wants to do that. You're exactly right. And even if you did, you're going to pay, I don't know, for us, minimum wage in California is like 15 bucks an hour. 
And, and, yeah. and that's for entry level position. We're looking for people who actually have skills and have an education in a particular field or, you know, accountants, or we're looking for graphic designers, or we're looking for a, a virtual assistant with a specific skill set. And that skill set doesn't mean that I have to pay $15 an hour. I can pay a good wage right? Maybe even the same $15 an hour, but for a highly qualified individual and that $15 an hour where they're living is much more affordable for them. You're actually providing a much better uh, wage for what they would normally get working in the country on something else. So uh, talk to that, talk about what benefits you have and what you brought to the table for the employees, for the VAs that you're bringing on board as they, as you connect them with entrepreneurs. Yeah, look, um, Outsourcing started 30 years ago and it was really call centers, you know, and everyone knows the call centers, everyone gets annoyed with call centers. Um, but over the last 30 years, just like anything like technology, like cars, things have dramatically improved over the last 30 years. And also the range of the industry has expanded from just call center agents to anything you want. And also with as technology evolves and all of us are now sort of familiar with working online, we're all using like Zoom or Skype or Slack or Gmail or chat or whatever. Um, all of us have the capability and familiarity with working remotely with people. And that unlocks the global talent pool, not just the talent pool from your town or city. And so suddenly when you're looking at you know, potentially 8 billion employees as a candidate pool, then you can choose from the best globally based on their capabilities and, and merits. Um, and it just opens up incredible opportunity. It is far more than just VAs and assistants. You can get whatever you want, architects, um, digital marketers, accountants, doctors, nurses, um, you know, any profession under the sun. And as a, as a rule of thumb, if the work can be done in front of a computer monitor or on a laptop, then that work can be done offshore. Uh, so it's, it's profound, the, the type of roles. And you're exactly right, Hernan. In terms of, you know, people try and scrape around and find a $3 VA and think they're doing great. And, and they often get really disappointed sometimes. Now, if you actually hire instead a $200,000 developer that you are paying $60,000 for instead, then, you know, you are saving big bucks and it's a great deal for everyone. And you're not scraping around the bottom and dealing with that common disappointment. So there's a few different approaches that, that people can consider when building their team offshore. Let's talk about some of those team building things. So I teach a class called Financial Algebra, high school students, 17 years old. Um, and in this course for this upcoming year, I want to group them instead of groups, I'm gonna call them corporations, right? So they're gonna build their small little corporations. Now, in this dynamic, they gotta work as a team, right? They gotta they gotta have different skill sets when they come together as a team to work towards a common goal. When you're talking to entrepreneurs out there and you're trying to match them with team members to help grow their their organizations, what are some of those things that you look for um, in in putting together good teams? Yeah, and you really hit the nail on the head. Like a lot of people come to outsourcing or offshoring, and they're like, "How do I do this?" And a lot of the principles are 
identical to employment in your country, to scaling a business in your country, to delegating in your country, to building a team, um, to organizational you know, development and design, all of these principles 100% translate. There's a little bit of difference because there is sort of a slight cultural difference maybe. There's a little bit of a sort of language interpretation difference uh, and also because it is a 100% remote-based. Um, but all of these things, in terms of how to build something from just you as a solopreneur that's starting to scale and develop something. Um, and, you know, really critically, a lot of people struggle with how do you get everything that's out of your head onto a piece of paper into other people's heads and working efficiently and well. And, you know, that is, that is hard. Um, but if you want to scale a business, if you actually want a business beyond yourself, it's sort of an essential growing transition and there will be growing pains with that. And as you bring on staff, there are frustrations and learning curves, um, but it's essential. And, um, the rewards are there if you get to that point of scale and you can bring the right people on the team doing the right stuff. But critically as well, and I'll, I'll finish here, but critically, do not go for the cheapest you can find. You know, do not look at the, don't save the pennies for the dollars or whatever that saying is. Like, get good people. Overseas, offshore, you can afford to hire slightly better. If you go for the the bottom rung employee offshore, you will be hitting your head against the wall and there'll be a lot of frustrations. So hire strong people, hire capable people, uh, and then that will aid, especially the initial on-ramp of scaling your business. When, when I'm thinking about hiring somebody, especially when I was early on in some of the very first businesses that I, that I was a part of, um, I had this mentality of, I'm going to bring someone on and I'm going to abdicate all my responsibilities to them. And, and I, and then I'm going to have all this free time in the world. What are some of these best practices that a business owner can have so that they're better prepared to bring on somebody that is remote? Uh, yeah. Um, again, you know, these are, these are sort of standard business processes, like in, in the Philippines as well, people, like in the US, and you know, this is generalization, I might get in trouble for this, but the millennials, like after a, after a month of doing the work, they want to be the boss. And people want to cast aside the sort of repetitive um, functions that are so essential to a business. And in the Philippines, it, it's actually quite pleasant to find that people aren't always shooting for the top a month after they get into the role. They are more stable. They're like, look, boss, before I progress, I want to get this under control. They want stability. They want control. They want clarity of processes. Um, and so as a boss, <clears throat> it works for you. But as a boss, you then have an obligation of creating stability, creating clarity of processes, and having mutually agreed and visible KPIs and metrics and standard operating procedures. And if you get those, then um, you can have a very um, well-oiled machine. But, you know, the reality is, unfortunately, life isn't that simple. And often in startups, things are changing day by day, week by week, month by month. And so the nature of a startup is that there is very little stability. And you don't have time to write SOPs or 
you know, um, flow charts and all this sort of stuff, because by the time you've done it, it's, it's gone, it's passed. So, you know, it depends where your company is, where your needs are, and you have to sort of bring people on board with that understanding. But definitely, you know, there are far too many people that say, look, I've hired you, I'm your boss, you know, we'll just have a weekly meeting now, get on with it. It's, it's, it's too easy to say that life is not like that. Business is not easy. Um, you know, and I've got nearly 300 staff and I'm still working at the grindstone and I'm still doing, you know, a lot of the sales calls. And of course I'm on this call with you. Um, you, you have to be involved in your business. 100%. Now, when you get involved, you start to flip over some rocks here and there, trying to look in the nooks and crannies, and you end up finding problems. I mean, that's really what a business is all about. It's nothing but problems, and your job is to try to facilitate a solution or, or develop a process. But some of those problems, especially when it comes to hiring, I know here in the US, we have legal and payroll things that pop up, right? So legal contracts and human resources and bringing all that into hiring somebody. And then on the flip side, when you actually pay somebody, you got payroll taxes, you got state, local, all kinds of stuff that you have to process. When they're working with you, when you're bringing on an offshore person, how does that change? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great point. And um, look, in the US, for example, there are um, employment is a huge umbrella term. And within employment, you have um, you know, full-time employees, you have part-time employees, you have students, you have interns, you have senior staff, you have junior staff. Uh, and then also within the employment umbrella, you have uh, advisors, you have consultants, and then you also have these things called agencies and advisories. All of that also applies within the Philippines. Um, you know, it's a huge economy with 110 million people. So when people talk about, you know, how do you employ someone in the Philippines, there are all of those options. Um, now, what people sort of sometimes get stuck on is they're like, when I'm in the US, I have to be compliant, and I have to follow the rules. When I go to the Philippines, everything goes out the window, I can just pay them via PayPal, and nothing matters. Now, it is true that can happen. But also, you know, in the US, if I'm to use sort of generalizations here, if you take the avatar of a Wall Street banker, he's you know got his briefcase, he's got his shiny shoes, he's got a $2,000 suit, he's going to Wall Street at 7 a.m. in the morning, he's going into a tall, shiny building, you know that that guy is well-educated, well-trained, he's going to work his ass off, um, he's going to work 12 hours a day, and he is committed to building his career. Versus you find someone in your local bar, they're a part-time student, they're happy to do a little bit of part-time work for you. They mostly work from their bed, kind of watching Netflix, but they'll, you know, and they're not really committed, but they'll give it a go. Both of those avatars are in the Philippines as well. And mm. I would recommend, since you're getting such a good deal in the Philippines in terms of the salary cost arbitrage, you go for the Wall Street banker or you go for that professional that is heading into the city centers into the tall, shiny buildings, and they are well-educated and committed to their career. Equally, with employment, those people heading into Wall Street, they want proper employment. They want proper facilities. They want the benefits that are owed to them. Um, and so within the Philippines, there are all of these 
um, outsourcing firms that facilitate this employment and they do everything for you. And I generally refer to this as it's a little bit like WeWork on steroids. If you're familiar mm. with WeWork, they provide the fancy office, the cool desk, the beer after work. Um, and these, these BPO intermediaries provide that. But also on top, they provide all of the hardware, all of the uh, internet and infrastructure, and also all of the employment. So they are the official employer of the staff. They manage all of the invoicing, payroll, benefits, uh, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and then on top of that, it's also the account management, which is like the co-parenting between you as the client uh, and them as the official employer. And of course, the staff, ensuring that everyone is happy and productive. So it's a really mature market now. Uh, the outsourcing market in the Philippines is constitutes about 12% of the country's GDP. It is the single biggest industry in the Philippines. And far from being, you know, kind of at home VAs watching Netflix, this is a highly professionalized industry, highly sophisticated. And it serves, you know, Facebook, Google, um, American Express, and everyone in between right down to all of the startups and solopreneurs. So it's a very mature, established business. That's um, when I first started getting into marketing and ads. Um, I It was a time when Facebook was pretty, pretty affordable. Google's pretty affordable, but like, like most things, the cost as most people, as more and more people got involved started to go up and up and up and the exposure started to get smaller, smaller, smaller. So, you know, Facebook ads, Instagram ads don't have the same reach for the same dollar amount. And a lot of people are moving over to TikTok, and that eventually is going to raise the cost as well. So my question is around costs. You, you know, you said this industry has been around for over 30 years now. It's just become a lot easier and a lot more socially accepted because we went through that pandemic where everybody had to stay home and, and Zoom became such a normal day-to-day -day thing. Do you see the cost rising as we see you know, world recessions, as we see wars, as we see pandemics, um, all these things that are making the cost of a lot of things go up? Do you see outsourcing also moving its way up? Yeah, absolutely. Look, and it's moving its way up because it's going from basic call center functions or highly repetitive tasks to now you can hire MBAs offshore, you can hire PhDs offshore, you can hire any kind of professional. And in the Philippines as well, you know, this isn't just the boondocks. I'm, you know, living in the Philippines. Um, you have um, literally Harvard graduates, you have Oxford graduates, you have, um, you know, um, any MIT graduates sitting here in the Philippines, you also have all of the, um, you know, Nestle and Google and Facebook here. So everyone is here. Now, of course, those salaries are higher. Um, but in terms of the general, look, salaries are going up, but also salaries are going up in the US. And what you need to sort of understand is, if the salary goes up 10% in the US on a $50,000 salary, then even if they also go up 10% in the Philippines on a $7,000 salary, the, the, the nominal difference is still so big that, you know, just the salary increase, the 10% in the US actually covers the entire salary of the Filipino worker kind of thing. Um, so there is, um, 
inflation, and that is kind of a global thing at the moment. But the Philippines is a really big market. It is 110 million people. It is one of the biggest English-speaking countries in the world. It is English is the official language. Uh, it has two official languages. Um, it has 750,000 college graduates every year. Um, and it has been a Catholic country for the last 500 years, which means that it's highly aligned with the West in terms of its culture. Uh, and the kids here, the millennials, um, you know, they are growing up on a diet of uh, YouTube, of Netflix, of NBA and pizza. And, you know, they are completely aligned. And typically, you know, for not well, for most people in the Philippines, the typical salary is about 500 US per month to about $1,000 US per month. For that salary, you would get the vast majority of most administrators, um, lower end professionals, uh, early stage accountants, architects, uh, things like that. So there is still incredible opportunity in the market and it's a win-win. Uh, it's an absolute I, I got a win. Double question for the next one, because uh, as you're talking about that, um, I'm wondering what is that thousand to twelve hundred dollars a month? What kind of lifestyle does that provide for someone in the Philippines? And then second, um, which is more of a professional uh, question, what type of commitment do we have when we're bringing an employee on? Is it a commitment with the with with, for example, with your company directly, where we commit to a certain amount of time to hire this VA, or is it per VA? How does that work? Yeah, look, we uh, okay. So the first question is the life that they have. Um, look, when. Uh, so it's very different in the big cities like Manila to the provinces. Um, there are a lot of people. There are still about 55 million people in the Philippines that are living on very low sort of subsistence salaries. Uh, and, you know, they're typically in the provinces doing farming and things like that. They're not actually in the technological economy. Um, people that are earning 500 US to 1,000 um, US per month, they are the middle class. They are often living in cities. If they're living in the province for that, they are living extremely well. Um, and, you know, the cost of living significantly in the Philippines is dramatically, dramatically less. To put it in perspective, people that work in supermarkets, in Starbucks, in McDonald's, they might be earning um, two to 300 US dollars per month. Okay. Um, nurses in the province might be earning 200 to 250 dollars per month. Uh, and, you know, teachers as well. Whereas nurses and teachers in the cities might be earning four to 500 dollars per month. So a salary in the offshore staffing sector, um, white collar jobs, professional jobs sitting in an A class kind of WeWork environment earning 500 to 1,000 US per month um, is a fantastic opportunity. And most of the sort of 20 to 30 to 40-year-olds that are working in this industry, they are earning significantly more than their parents ever could um, or would have the opportunity to. And that's because they're tapping into the global economy. Yeah. Second that's a, question. 
Yeah. Anyway. Second question. <laughs> what's what's the commitment? No, but that's good though. That's good to know uh, on a, on a good idea of of that salary base because I feel like a lot of times when we hire somebody and we're like, dude, we compare it to our own lives, and all of a sudden you feel like, oh, maybe I need to pay them more. But they're they, they're living a good life. The quality of life, the the cost uh, of living out there is much smaller. All right. So we're bringing somebody on. What's the commitment level? Yeah. Look, it depends. We are a marketplace, so we're a little bit like. TripAdvisor for the outsourcing industry or Booking.com for the outsourcing industry. Um, we list three and a half thousand outsourcing firms representing about 10 million employees total. Uh, and, you know, we predominantly focus on the Philippines, but also we list outsourcing firms from across the globe, like uh, India and Colombia and Fiji even. Uh, so, of course, all of, all of the terms differ, but it is becoming... 20, 30 years ago, it was highly inflexible. And the only reason why outsourcing was possible is because the big multinationals would do it. And it was only accessible if you had 500 to 1,000 staff. Whereas now, in the last 10 years, maybe 15 years, it's a little bit like, you know, everything's gone to the cloud. Everything is subscription-based. Everything is turnkey. And the outsourcing industry has evolved and it has responded to the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. So everything is a lot more um, turnkey. Generally, you can start with one staff, you know, whereas 20 years ago, they wouldn't talk to you unless you needed 500 call center agents. You can start with one person now. Um, you can sort of turn on, turn off office facilities. You can turn on, turn off other services. Uh, generally, you know, people, this, what you've got to bear in mind is this is employment. And even if you want to sort of, you know, have someone for a day, then dump them and you're dealing with people, people's careers, people's aspirations. And so it isn't quite as turn on, turn off as you might want Facebook advertising to be. And so that will reflect in the contracts. Um, but generally, people would want you, of course, to stay for, you know, six to 12 months. But often, you can um, get sort of 30 day notice periods. So it's generally very flexible. But what you have to understand here is, you know, and just to reiterate this, you are dealing with people and the fundamentals of dealing with people, doing well by people and getting the best out of people is no different to the US. So if you want a good win-win relationship with your staff, you have to treat them well. You have to give them job security and things like that. So it's not quite like, um, you know, churn and burn. Um and generally, the BPOs or the outsourcing firms will set up structures to try and encourage stability. It's like any job, any uh, business. You treat your people good; they will treat, they will respond, right? They will. If you take care of them, they will take care of the business as well. Absolutely, yeah. Derek. Uh, it's been one great episode. So much valuable information. Before we head out, though. Um, I would like your last minute thoughts. How do people get a hold of you? How do people uh, reach out to you if they're interested in, in finding out more about hiring VAs or, or any professionals around the world? Yeah, just go to our website. The, the URL's on the bottom. Um, go there and just have a look around. We've got about 15,000 pages of content. We have a directory with about 3,500 outsourcing suppliers um, and we have videos as well. We also have a podcast. There's a ton of information. Uh, you can also 
on the website, get three free quotes where we connect you with outsourcing partners. And that is super valuable. You get a consultation call with outsourcing partners and talk about your own business, your staffing requirements, and how offshore staffing can integrate with that with you. Um, super valuable. Uh, that's all available on our website. Uh, so just go and check it out. It's all free. I've also, if you don't mind me plugging this, I've also just written a book. Uh, this is about four years in the making. Uh, it's called Inside Outsourcing, uh, and it talks all about the evolution of global employment, remote work, and how outsourcing can transform uh, global employment uh, and your business. Um, that's also available on the on the website as well. So great name, by the way, Inside Outsourcing. All right, ladies and gents, look here's the bottom line. I don't want you guys to end up like me. See, look, no hair, but you look at Derek over there. Let's pop Derek back on the stream. Derek has a full head of hair. You want to know why? It's because I'm building a business by myself. I didn't outsource until recently, and I started to bring on people to help me out after I pulled out all my hair. No, that's not really the case, right? But all I'm trying to say is stop trying to do it all by yourself. If you find yourself in a position where you're just spending so many hours in the day, you're, you're ripping your hair out, then it's about time you start looking for some help. And I know it's expensive for where you are, but there's opportunities out there. So make sure you guys go to www.outsourceaccelerator.com, outsourceaccelerator.com and check it out. I was on there today. You can sort by industry. You can sort by specific uh, skill set, all kinds of different stuff that you can look for. So who is it that you're looking to bring on your team? Where do you find them? www.outsourceaccelerator.com. Derek, uh, thank you very much for coming on the program. I got one last question for you. Uh, I, I'm trying to bring as much energy as possible, give you the best experience in talking about your business on the show. What was your experience like on the Business Bros podcast? It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm totally pumped and I'm <laughs> I'm just so inspired to I'm I'm also gonna go straight to YouTube and check out and subscribe to your channel. So yeah, it's been amazing. Thanks for uh thanks for the experience. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Derek, thank you much uh, very much for coming on the program. Ladies and gents, one more time. If you need help with your business, I shouldn't say if, when you need help with your business, make sure you guys stop by OutsourceAccelerator.com, OutsourceAccelerator.com. We'll catch you guys again manana. Peace. And we're out. Okay, that was Business Bros Podcast. If you want any of the show notes, go to OutsourceAccelerator.com slash podcast. And as always, if you want to send us an email, just email us at ask at OutsourceAccelerator.com. See you next time.